Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? I'm recovering from that opening there. Let me uh, shake the uh, old ear pads out here. Yeah, fantastic one. Kirby, uh, <laughs> I'm going to start off by apologizing for being late uh, to this podcast. I know I've shited you in the past, and uh, here I am committing uh, that which I abhor. Appreciate the, the apology. Not necessary, but I'll take it. Well, it was inexcusable from my standpoint. Moving on, Curb. Um, let's just hop right to it. I think uh, you and I have both agreed that this should be a short one. Maybe we can make it a tight 19 instead of a tight 20. Those are usually, usually our famous last words, but we'll give it a shot. Well, it's got to happen today, I got to tell you. Mind if we just take a bit of a random direction here, Curb? Why not? Why not? Alex Palau, have you noted that as I have, that there seems to be many drivers beginning to turn on poor Alex. Uh, insinuations that maybe he's not the sharpest tool in the shed type of thing, something in which we spoke to before. Well, not only that, um, one particular driver of note seemed to comment that he was uh, two-faced, might be too simple a word for it, but says one thing and does another. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, Mr. Pato Award, if I recall. I wasn't going to name anybody, but yeah. Yeah. Certainly uh, something he's certainly hidden well up to this point, uh, if that's the truth. Dixon and Johnson have kind of distanced, distanced themselves from him uh, within the team, it sounds like. When you hear from other owners or drivers that uh, don't have a, a dog in the fight, they just seem to, sounds like they shake their head and just hope the kid hadn't screwed up his career. I know enough's been said about it, but it's uh, it's stunning. It's stunning on many levels, and just seems to get worse as the days go on, not better. So, Curb, I ask you: Is Alex Palau the Daniel Ricardo of IndyCar? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he's the Oscar Piastri of IndyCar, but uh, well, I, it, we'll get to that. But yeah. um, um, it, it's I guess it's you know. Nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes, I guess. I guess maybe he could be yearning to be free of the shackles of his CGR contract. That made him a, cha- a, a series champion and a, you know, significantly raised his profile in the worldwide racing community. But, you know, other than those, you know, injustices that he's had to suffer, um, you know, I don't know where the similarities would begin. He's just watching him being interviewed is just painful. He just comes across as not very intelligent and not very sincere as, you know, kind of more to a words point. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't know all the details, but I'm, if I'm him, I'm thinking about firing my management group, right? Because ultimately they're there to save him from being stupid and ruining his career. Right now, based on what we know, which is certainly not a lot, but, uh, you would think that that was where you would have to point your finger is at his management. And, uh, yeah, I saw an article from Europe, and uh, I think it was therace.com or something, where they seem to defend his management. And I don't know why they would, but you know, when when Zach Brown and McLaren says that they haven't actually seen Bilal's you know Ganassi contract, then they had to be acting on the word of somebody, presumably his management, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know where else you'd point your finger. I don't know how. There's a way out of this contract just because you want to go to Formula One doesn't mean you have a right to. Well, yeah, I don't even think it was Formula One. I just think he wanted more money. But that's what that's what they CGR. They, they, well, I know that's what they said, but I, I think that's all a bunch of horse pooey. 
Um, I agree, and I think, and I think his position just got a little worse. Curb, I, I got to tell you though, uh, both you and I should have seen this coming. Uh, the the writing was on the wall, and we missed it. You mean because Ganassi kept claiming everybody's happy here? Don't worry about it. No, because uh, Alex Plow was one of the earlier inaugural members of the Prude. Oh, was he? I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. So that <laughs> that alone should have told you that uh, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not. Uh, I've not been chronicling the uh, Prude uh, membership roles, but if that's true, then certainly that would be a, a major lapse in judgment. And I noticed even they has uh, turned on poor Alex a little bit. The guy's got no <laughs> friends anywhere. <laughs> well, they seem to have found his new alter ego in David Malukas, so he doesn't need uh, he doesn't need anybody else now. That's true. Well, I will say about this about Malukas. For a 20-year-old, he's pretty uh, gregarious and entertaining. I I don't disagree. I'm not holding it against Malukas. But, uh, yeah, not yet. He, he seemed to, <laughs> well, he seemed, we're going to watch that develop. I don't, I don't know how much I'll watch, but uh, – he seemingly he seemingly was trying to co-op uh, Brian, uh, Colton Herta earlier in the season, and uh, I noticed Herta has snuck away. Slid <laughs> away uh, quietly. Curb, was the Gallagher Grand Prix the worst race of the year? Gosh, I'd have to think about that. But um, the uh, the second half was certainly uh, fairly processional. There was some decent racing going on back in the pack, and you could uh, certainly pay attention to that if you're on site. But uh, But, yeah, there was not much drama up at the front, that's for sure. I, I had to give it some thought. I think uh, – who's that guy, David Land? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been savage on Twitter for apparently saying bad things about the race, you know, being boring. There's a whole Twitterati out there that, that you know, if you say anything negative about IndyCar, well, you're automatically a hater and, you know, not on not on board, right? Of course. Um, yeah, so under those theories, you know, everything's all great until it isn't, by the way. 13 races in, if you got one clunker out of 13, I don't think that's no, I mean, too much, it used to be too, half, too much, too bad. Of course, half the races used to be that way or oh, yeah, more. Sure. You know, I mean, by it depends how you measure it. I mean, you go back into the day, you know, when guys are winning the 500 by, you know, a couple of laps, you know, it's, it depends how you measure it. Um, and that was supposedly the glory years. So who knows? I mean, I think a, a, a combination of being back at that track again being combined with NASCAR and kind of playing, you know, s- somewhat second fiddle to all that sure. and in the race, not in itself, not being all that exciting. I mean, you could argue it was the worst race of the year. They often seem to have the for- good fortune of a yellow flag scrambling things up and, and offering multiple strategies and just didn't seem to play out that way this time. Um, Maybe I'm just bitter because it's, uh, I broke my streak of winning money on races. Um, it was looking <laughs> good. Cause I had, money on long shot hurt at a win and it was looking really good really okay yeah um i was about to have a really good time and and uh because i think there's no way rossi's catching hurt by the way um no if her, if her, okay so we agree on that so yeah yeah i mean it, it was it was processional one way or the other i mean just yeah. just uh just he had a mechanical well i also heard uh somebody else or i read somebody else complaining about the broadcast because they thought that Townsend was trying too hard to generate drama in the last 15 laps or so. More excited than the uh, situation called for. Yes, I would agree with that. I I wouldn't to the point where I would complain about the broadcast. No, but, you know, it was uh, becoming a little bit Formula One-esque there for a bit with Townsend. 
But yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he was legitimately excited. Uh, he, he often seems to get excited for no reason, so or or want to stir <laughs> stir the pot for uh, no good reason sometimes. So, Curb, uh, switching gears for a second, we've talked a little bit about in last podcast or the podcast before about the Andretti team and what it's going to look like next year with uh, Crash Kirkwood, Herda, who has one eye on Formula One. Grosjean, who's also a crasher and uh, has been inconsistently performing this year. And then you got uh, Devlin Day Francesco, who appears to be out of a ride, at least as far as uh, Andretti's concerned. So you're really looking at a kind of a bizarre grouping of people, wouldn't you say? Yes, I'll, I'll grant you that. Yeah, sure. OK, I've come up with a solution. And I'm again, Curb, but writing's on the wall. I'm not I can't believe you're not reading it. You mean Danny Ricks? Not Danny Ricks. Not Danny Ricks. Better than Danny Ricks in this case. A calming influence to the team. Somebody will kind of keep everybody going the same direction together. And a recent champion. Uh, you're going to have to help me. Marco Andretti. <laughs> Newly crowned SRX champion. Correct last name. Uh, mm-hmm. All relaxed after uh, after his SRX championship. Uh, feeling confident, time to bring him back. And, yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> you might not see it, but <laughs> you can't tell me. Tell me that it's not at least in the realm of possibility somewhere in the back of your mind. Not in my mind, but um, I mean, think of it. Think of it from Michael Andretti's standpoint. Like God, you know, I got this. I got this lunatic asylum uh, coming next year. I I just need somebody. That I know will do what I ask. Marco. Well, it's not Marco. Marco's in his own little world. I don't know. I think they should just put Santino Ferrucci in the car, and that'll really calm the place down. Yeah. And you have four lunatics. <laughs> Kurt, uh, speaking of the driver's market, do you really want VK, Renus VK, if you're a team? No. Yeah, I agree. Right? <laughs> I'm, not, I, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bending all over myself to get him are you i i can't not i I don't i don't i don't want to beat him up he's a night he still has potential i think he seems like a good kid yeah i think maybe likely the best thing for him is to stick it out with carpenter and continue to grow kind of the old uh new garden path right you know if i'm if i'm ganassi and i gotta fill the 10 car or if i'm um you know mclaren and i don't get pull out like i want you know i don't I don't see him being the premium driver for the premium seat. Let's put it that but that, but that, I mean, that's how his name's being tossed around. Because right? he's the only one. Because he's the only one left. Because the only one's left. I agree. And but and, I, and, he, and he and he qualifies well at Indy. Okay. Other than that, you know, he's got one win because he had ten extra sets of red tires um, <laughs> on the Indy GP course one year. But uh, but other, you know, he's he's got some flashes in the pan, but he's not. He's not the second coming of a Palau or a Ward or, or one of those guys. I agree. I, I just – he doesn't seem – I think he's uh, – maybe he will get better. I still think you could say he could slow burn and prove. I think he has that potential, but he's not uh, He's not racing out of the gate. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think he'd be well-suited to stay – uh, a, a year, and I think if you're Ganassi, I, I just find somebody else. I, I don't go down that road. No, um, 
you know, and I mean, I mentioned Newgarden. He was with Sarah Fisher slash Wink, Wink, uh, what's his name? And, and, uh, Wink and, Ed, and yeah, and had and Ed Carpenter for like four or five years before he. Yeah, I thought he it was became, three, but who's counting? Well, but I mean, he had the. He had the rare opportunity that most rookies don't have these days to sit somewhere and improve his craft and make himself into, you know, a top-notch driver that's the top-level teams would want to hire. We agree. No sense discussing it further. Curb, um, Nashville has taken all your suggestions and uh, put them to to uh, to work. Apparently, they fixed the track. They fixed the uh, restart procedures. You know, good on somebody for actually fixing it. Yeah. I don't think there are really many changes at the, the downtown end of the track. The little roundabout, they turn around in and come back the other way. I think there had been talk that they could expand that section a little bit and make it a little bit more driver-friendly. But Well, they narrowed only, one area and widened another. Well, they narrowed where uh, Herta crashed last year. Yep. It was so wide open. I think, they, I think they added a hospitality suite and therefore narrowed that area down a little bit, which should be fine. And then that pit exit where they had that little left-hand, right-hand, 90-degree, whatever mm-hmm. uh, deal that was really kind of clunky. Um, I think they've widened that at the apex by, I thought they said, eight feet or something. So hopefully that makes for a little smoother section there. Yeah. Well, look, they did something. It's somewhat surprising. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we're, you know, we're not the most uh, kind when it comes to that kind of thing. Uh, so let's give some credit where credit's due, shall we? Sure. Sure. Curb, uh, like I said, going to keep it tight today. I guess we haven't spoken about Oscar Pistori yet um, either. The, the, the funny thing about him was in the afternoon, I checked racer.com and and saw that Alpine had announced him as their driver for next year to replace Alonzo, right? And literally, I just kind of have chuckling thought to myself, oh, this kind of sounds like the Palau announcement a few weeks ago. I uh, wonder, and I thought there's no chance in hell it would happen, but oh, it'd be funny if the same thing happened. And I get home and check racer.com again. And lo and behold, it is happening. It's, yeah. And uh, and who seems to be the team on the other end? Zach Brown and McLaren. Exactly. So your your comments about Zach Brown. Uh, oh, uh, he's a potster, clearly. If it's true, and if you're any of these IndyCar drivers that have been uh, taking the bait, of uh, the dangling <laughs> F1 seat. <laughs> yeah, if there's any doubt. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just thought the thing was funny in a lot of different reasons for a lot of different reasons. Get behind yeah. Oscar and uh, uh, yeah, wait your turn. Yeah. Uh, get behind Lando and Oscar are both younger, you know, almost younger, same age or younger than you. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get behind them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where Plow is going if uh, he ends up with McLaren next year if Piastri's going there too. The Alonzo announcement uh, just caught everybody off guard. It's part of the reason that this all happened with Piastri. Yeah. So, well, I guess. I mean, I wonder. Vettel announcement, which caused Alonzo's announcement, which now you know has made this little kerfuffle with Piastri. It's or really maybe weird. maybe it's all just a script that's been provided by the Drive to Survive producers. There you go. It's uh, three episodes at least. Will right. Piastri be sitting at the top of a lake, you know, getting ready to jump in, deciding whether or not to take the plunge? I'm free at last. Yeah, well, and uh, Ricardo may be free at last, too, without yeah. a drive at all. Um, well, apparently the same manager, Weber. I don't know. Uh, is uh, Weber also uh, Ricardo's manager? The Australian connection is there. I doubt he's Alonso's. 
No, yeah, yeah, it was uh, Ricardo and Piastri or Pastori or whatever. They, so maybe Weber, since he's in the middle, has worked things out to the satisfaction of both his drivers or is something it, like that. Is it Piastri or Pastori or what, 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 uh, what are we saying here? It, it looks like Piastri to me in the when I read it, but I don't, I've never heard of it. Uh, everybody just forgive us, you know. We apologize if we're saying it wrong. Yeah, go go get better broadcasting that you pay for. This is free. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I saw uh, an F1 driver um, is buying into a, uh, an NFL football team. I mean, you literally – I have no idea what you're talking about here, so you're going to have to tell me who and what. Well, he's prominently been uh, complaining about, you know, uh, F1 fans that are too passionate that boo uh, his competitors. Okay, well, that's that's one of two. It's either uh, Verstappen or uh, Hamilton. And he, uh, he criticizes fans that cheer when his competitor crashes. And he also complains when, um, you know, Formula One fans maybe have too much to drink, get a little bit too unruly, and basically wants all those people to not be fans of uh, Formula One anymore. They don't need them. And then he goes and buys a, a stake in the Denver Broncos. Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. That'd be Lewis Hamilton. And it just seemed ironic to me when he's buying and in, investing in a fan base that does all those things. He just has been lamenting. Irony or hi- irony or hypocrisy. Whichever one you want to choose. Goes and hangs out in Mile High Stadium or whatever they call it these days for very long. He'll encounter all the kinds of fans he's been uh, decrying over the last few months. Uh, great point. I think Rob Miller told the story one time about uh, Michael Schumacher you know, tra- uh, vacationing in America. And he was in line for a, form- for a NASCAR experience. You know, one of those deals where you could pay money yeah. to get in a car and drive around a track in a NASCAR. Yeah. He's standing in line and nobody knew who he was. <laughs> he was just <laughs> at a racetrack waiting in line to drive a car. Nobody recognized him. Nobody knew who he was. So that's right. that's that's America for race car drivers. Can't you see somebody giving like Michael Schumacher like the you know the safety uh, briefing and all that? <laughs> you know, right. it'd yeah. be, be awesome actually. Yeah, exactly. Curb, let's uh, let's move on to picks, shall we, for Nashville? You got first shot. I believe I had first shot last go around. All right. I'd forgotten about this part of the show. Um, mm, yeah, I don't know. We only do it every show. I'm going to oh, – I'll try Colton. All right. Well, that makes my life more difficult because that was my first choice. Looking at last year's results, uh, I think it's a bit of a misnomer because if I recall, like Ryan Hunter Ray was like – top four and james hench and james hinchcliffe was top three grammar hall fifth ed jones six need i say more i heard the other night somebody thought ed jones might be sniffing around again next year of course of course well like you said if you're still standing maybe you got a chance he won last year but he didn't necessarily qualify very well but uh, Marcus Erickson is, I guess, who I'm going to take. He did a good job last weekend to salvage what he could based on that starting spot. But yeah. out of character for me, I'm going to try Scott Dixon. It is a little out of character for you. Uh, good choice, though. Uh, qualified second uh, last year, so that's ind- indicative that he was speedy and came in second. So, yeah, um, yeah not a bad choice uh, looking at uh, the results of last year. This is where it gets a little bit tougher. Um, 
I, I mean, I, I, I think at this point, if you've gone this far without picking New Garden, you're insane. So I'm going to say New Garden. Uh, I think probably a smart pick. I'm going to just bet on uh, Rossi's form and go with Rossi. Yeah, I think that's uh, that might be a good pick. I mean, if he is fast, if he has a fast car there, doesn't you know qualify at the front and therefore his odds are decent, that's probably not a bad place to throw your money. Um, I'm going to say willpower. He still still liking his consistency at this point in the game. Well, hopefully he can qualify better than last year. Um, like the thing, the one thing about this track is probably all about those straights and uh, doesn't give him as much of a chance to show up as as our road course skills probably as some of these other tracks. Yeah. Well, I think the other guys uh, that we haven't mentioned, uh, the McLaren uh, duo of Rosenquist and Award. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, those guys. Uh, Palau. Uh, wow, potentially. Scotty McLaughlin might be a good track for him. McLaughlin might. Uh, he he qualified horribly there last year. I think he might wrecked or something, if I recall. Yeah, uh, that, those are the other guys that you could say, you know, ha- are going to have a whiff of it. Um, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see the race. I'm hoping that uh, they worked out some of those kinks and and uh, and hopefully, um, you know. Entertaining for more of the right reasons this year than than some of the reasons from last year. Well, what I'm going to be watching for is see if they maintaining the you know the event, if you will, right from yeah. last year, some of the momentum, and see see if they lost momentum. All right, Kerb, we're going to end it right there, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, have a good week. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy the race, and uh, we'll see you here next week. Bye, everybody. Uh, oh wait, uh, Twitter. Oh, Twitter at hero. IndyCar at H-I-R-O IndyCar. There you go. All right, buddy. Talk to you Take later. Take care. See you. Yeah, bye.